the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Tom Mueller, and this is Colorado Issues. There are a lot of things affecting the stock market from day to day, and that affects your life, even if you're not an involved investor. And to help us uh, understand some of these things, we have Todd Hauer, who is a wealth advisor from Morgan Stanley. Todd, really good to have you with us. Tom, my pleasure to be here. Give us an overview as to all these things that we hear about, the the uh, the political climate in terms of rate cuts, uh, uh, the Fed and uh, interest rates up or down or holding off, or is it uh, is it priced into the market and international stuff? How how does all that kind of mix in in terms of moving the market? <clears throat> well, I think you know, first of all, um, I'll tackle the your question about interest rates, and um, you, you know they've raised rates three times since December. Um, I think that's the fourth rate increase now in this cycle. They, um, we believe, would like to raise rates a couple more times probably this year and probably at least a couple more times next year, um, again, assuming that the economy endures the, the rate increases. So, um, so, so, so it's our view that, that um, the economy – we, you know, we will see interest rate increases if, if what we believe is going to uh, come to pass in the economy. We'll see some more rate increases. So, to, to your point, yeah, I mean, so, so what does that mean to your listeners? Well, uh, you know, if you're if you're a borrower, credit cards, for example, those rates will reflect higher interest rates uh, interest rates rather quickly. Um, we might see mortgage rates impacted. Um, you know, bottom line is, if you're a borrower, um, okay. you should probably be expecting higher rates, especially if you're an, a variable rate borrower. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, businesses, same thing. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, you know, to your point about the global economy, um, yeah, clearly this is this is a world now that that, that is intertwined globally much more so than ever, and that's probably only going to accelerate. So. You know, keeping your ear to the ground with respect to um, other economies around the world. You mentioned China. That's a big mm-hmm. one. Uh, Japan is another one that we think uh, is, is worthy of, of some attention. And so keeping your eye on on the global economy as an investor um, uh, certainly is something that, that makes a lot of sense. What would you say just from the vantage point now, the way the, way the, uh, uh, the world is kind of shaping up now, would be the top five market movers uh, that that we face. Is it is it even possible to say <laughs> to roll a question out like that? Um, well, I'll try to give you five. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I, I think you, you, you've already hit on a couple of them, uh-huh. right? Right. I mean, interest rates, yeah. the general level of interest rates around the world. And and for a long time now, we've had uh, global um, synchronicity in rates, if you will. We've had central banks all over the world, really, the major central banks all over the world, uh, following an easy money policy. It started mm-hmm. here, migrated to Europe as the financial crisis kind of went around the world, and we saw this interest rate cycle, um, uh, you, you know, begin. And and now we've kind of got a break in that, right? So 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 now we've got uh, rate increases happening here in the United States, um, several as I mentioned. Probably several more to come. 
Um, and and you've got uh, uh, in Europe, you still got the European Central Bank following uh, a pretty easy monetary policy. And I would argue that here is still very accommodative. Maybe you wouldn't call it easy money, but but it certainly is accommodative. We're near historic lows in interest rates still, so this isn't. I mean, we need to keep that in perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so I think uh, monetary policy clearly around the world, um, and for the first time in many years, we've got some divergence in monetary policy that, that could that could create some issues with currency. And you know, and I should point out to to your listeners, um, you know, as if we're talking about inter- investing internationally, that involves special risks, right? And yeah. and and, and um, not only do you introduce the market risk that you have here, but but when you invest internationally overseas, you introduce the currency risk, and so that's something you need to be mindful of. And considering international markets and changes in interest rates will affect those currencies, uh, possibly. So that's something else to consider. Um, I, I, look, I think the other thing we can't you can't ignore here is the geopolitical uh, issues going on around the world. Uh, you, you know, there there are many of them. Um, uh, you, you know, I think the concerns about um, um, North Korea and, mm-hmm. and, and, other, and others around the world. Uh, the Middle East is still very unsettled. Um, uh, in, you know, which is creating issues. Um, for Europe uh, and, and those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, I guess, Tom, the question maybe you're asking me is, you know, maybe what keeps me up at night? <laughs> and and, and uh, um, those are a couple of the things that, that honestly, I, you know, I really wake up every morning and, and, and go through my news sources. And, and those are the things I'm most interested in looking at uh, first thing. But, but yeah. I think, look, to be a successful investor, you've really got to take a long-term view. And the, the things I've just mentioned, interest rates, geopolitical issues, mm-hmm. um, 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 elections, politics, all those kinds of things, um, in the long run, sort themselves out. And, and, and what I firmly believe with respect to markets here and abroad is that uh, with respect to stock prices, earnings drive prices, and, and you're always, we're always going to have po- yeah. political gamesmanship. We're always going to have geopolitical issues. We're always going to have an interest rate cycle and a business cycle. And, and and the fact is that in the long run, um, you know, you know, uh, the economy and earnings are what really matter, mm-hmm. Not, and those issues kind of take a kind of take a back seat in the long run. In the short run, they can be very disruptive. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, that's as a layman. Uh, before uh, I'm the news director at KNUS, uh-huh. and so I get all of the <laughs> I get all of the news. And, and in fact, let me let me read you uh, just uh, this. The opening stock market report a minute uh, from this morning. Global stocks fell following the failure of the Republican health care overhaul. Now, as a layman, I would say, well, what does the uh, McConnell's statement that I'm not going to uh, push this, we've pulled it from the table, uh, what does that have to do with stocks in China? Well, it has plenty of the, the things that I would ordinar- ordinarily not even associate but they are associative in many ways on the short run, as you point out, but not necessarily on the long run. Yeah, yeah, and I think you mentioned it earlier with respect to you know, health care reform and, and, and with respect to um, possible income tax reform. Mm-hmm. The market's forward-looking, and the market is, is, is constantly discounting the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months, what have you. And, and I think that to your point about you know, delay or or or, um, or possibly worse of, of healthcare reform um, that, that that then may delay other mm-hmm. types of reform. That the market again was forward looking, yeah. 
discounting back, maybe expecting uh, that, that, that that it would happen. And so I, I think as these setbacks come along, you, you know, they yeah they they do get discounted back into the market. Now I'll also say this. Uh, it's very hard to know why stock prices are doing what they're doing minute to minute, hour by hour. Yeah. And so we, 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 I think as humans, we like to attribute a cause and we like to think we know. Yeah. And the fact is we don't always know what's driving markets up or down. Yeah. So it might seem obvious, but, but, uh, but, but, um, but, but, but it's maybe not quite that obvious. And I, th- I think that, uh, that is always underlying. Again, as I read, uh, news stories. We tag all of our newscasts with what the market did today, you know. Um, and then in the morning, uh, we, we read some of these surmisals. Well, the stocks, uh, uh, closed yesterday down because of. Yeah. And I've always been suspicious of the because of. The truth is they closed yesterday down. But it seemed very speculative the because of, because it it seems like there are so many other things, to your point, some of which you don't even know what the because of is. Yeah, and look, it's human nature. We try to explain our environment yeah. and, and understand our environment. And, and the fact is, is that we don't know all the time why certain people are selling and why certain people are buying. We know uh-huh. what the headlines are, and, and yeah. we can, and we can, we, you know, we might surmise from that 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 would that would lead to selling or that would lead to buying, and uh-huh. and and, that, and some of that's true. But 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 at the end of the day, you know, we don't know exactly why markets do what they do day to day. Markets can be very unpredictable day to day. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in, in terms of uh, the rate hike, you've talked a little bit about what the effect is for the average consumer. You know, you're you're, uh, it's going to cost you more money to borrow money. Uh, it's going to cost more, perhaps, to uh, affect your mortgages and stuff. What about the average investor? Yeah, so the, the average investor, the good news is if, if you're um, um, a bond investor, uh, we're going to see rates, uh, we should see rates creeping up a little bit. And again, you know, Tom, this is where it's very tough because what, what we've actually seen is, is – um, Different maturities, different length uh, duration of bonds have, have reacted differently. Okay, to the to these rate increases, and so um, you know what happens to shorter term bonds might might be the opposite of what happens to longer term bonds. But the bottom line is, over the next several years, as in as the general interest rate environment creeps up, fixed income or bond investors should see uh, higher yields uh, from their bonds at some point. That may not happen immediately, and it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, but 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 over time, we think that, that we see a general high, a general um, increase in the interest rate environment. That, that those investors should see higher yields. Um, y- y- you know, so uh, th- that's the flip side to the borrower. So if you, if you if you're borrow, someone's lending you the money, okay, and, that, yeah. and those are investors, sure. and and then if you're the borrower, you're paying the higher rate. The the, the lender receives the higher rate. And then for the stock investor, the possibly but not always, the opposite. Yeah, so, you know, at some point, we have not repealed the business cycle, right? At some mm-hmm. point, we're going to experience a recession again. Yeah. And, and oftentimes, the recession is, uh, follows several interest rate increases. Um, and so at some point, you might see higher interest rates uh, lead to that. But, but, but again, the, you know, these are common, and, mm-hmm. and they're not to necessarily to be feared. It's, it's a reset. It's a healthy reset of, of the economy and of the markets. But, but we don't think that's where we're at just yet. Uh, Morgan Stanley's view is that we're going to have uh, pretty, pretty um, healthy growth in the economy this year and possibly next, and, and that um, 
that, that that's not going to lead to uh, anything. We, we don't believe anything imminent with respect to the markets. Now, you know, you've been around, th- th- we could have a 10% correction tomorrow or 20. The, again, markets in the short run, very unpredictable. But, but what we think is happening, we still see continued economic recovery here and abroad, uh, broad-based recovery, and, and that uh, that's likely to go on for some time. And the recovery and the broad base uh, is driven by what? Well, we still have historically low interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a, a very slow recovery post-08 uh, financial crisis. And if you look at historical financial crises of, of that magnitude, that's typically the way it goes. So we have a, a lower, slower recovery that tends to be a little bit longer in duration. And and so, um, I, again, I think with the low interest rate environment that we've got, and and you know, um, with respect to like I said earlier, earnings, um, you know, with 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 the exception of the energy group last year, which seems to kind of rebound is somewhat, mm-hmm. um, we're seeing fairly decent earnings growth this year and, and possibly next. Now, something that I have yet to to really understand. Maybe you can help me. Um, oil prices. And the effect on stock prices. It seems like the oil prices effect on stock recently has been, has had a stronger effect on the stock market than maybe in the past. Is that a, an incorrect understanding? Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, when you have the price of a commodity like oil that yeah. goes from, Oh gosh, 80s, 90s, where it was, um, uh, and, 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 and tumbles all the way down to, to, uh, mid 20s. That, that's a pretty substantial shock mm-hmm. <laughs> to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, it, you know, that, that, I, I don't know if the connection's any stronger or weaker than it's been, uh-huh. but that's a pretty substantial move. Yeah. And I don't know if you can remember it, Tom, but, but oil at one point was, uh, I don't, I don't know, near 150. Uh, barrel. So, so if you think about the substantial swings we've seen in the price of that commodity and, and how important energy is, oil in particular, to, to the global economy, uh, th- that's a pretty substantial move. So you, 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 know, you did have um, a substantial impact on, on earnings when that happened. Uh, subsequently now, we, we've seen the oil prices recover back up into the mid-40s. Morgan Stanley's view is that we're, we're going to see oil uh, probably hover here around 40 to 50 and kind of in that range. Our, our people actually believe that uh, the rig count it could go down this year, uh, and and so what's happened, and you probably know this, is that the 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 the, the, the uh, U.S. shale business has kind of become the marginal supplier, and as mm-hmm. prices go up, they ramp up pretty quickly, and and as prices go down, they can go the other way pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, they're they're very they're very um, efficient at, at that, and so we want to monitor the rig count, and you can see whether they're, you know, whether their drilling activity is going up or down, and how that might play into into energy energy prices. You know, this this again is is a, a personal question, uh, my personal. I reverse thinking, you know, um, the the dollar. Now, in the layman's view. If the dollar's up, that must be good, but it's not good, right? It's the <laughs> other way around. <laughs> Explain that. I, I know it has to do with international uh, trade and all that, but I cannot get that in my head. Kind of like approaching an election when they have a, uh, a proposition to vote no on it really means yes, and I just, I just, <laughs> I just can't get my head around it. Help me. Uh, 
with respect to the dollar, it's not unlike the interest rate uh, uh, scenario we just we just laid out. If you're a consumer, if you're Tom and, and, and you're going to go shopping, um, and, and and you you want a strong dollar because that means your dollar buys more goods. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you're an exporter, uh, you're a manufacturer, um, and you're exporting goods for sale outside the U.S. Strong dollar uh, means that your product's more expensive, possibly relative to the currency, relative to the economy, or relative to the buyer of that product. Mm. So, strong dollar helps U.S. consumers. Uh, strong dollar hurts U.S. exporters. Mm. And so, it's, it's again, it's there's two sides of that coin, Tom, and and yeah. and um, and so. Um, you, you know where you come down on that. I guess depends on what side of that coin you you, know, you hold. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and that seems to be the case with the whole financial world. Really, I mean, that's just where there's a winner, there's also a loser who turns around and uh, uh, and and tries to become the winner. Or when there is something that's making money or not making money now, there's another there's another uh, product. That you can get into that is making money. Yeah, and I and I think you know to your point about the currencies. You, you know, the issue for political leaders here and, and everywhere around the world has been you know whether or not their trading partners are are uh, manipulating their currency for unfair to gain unfair trade advantage. Mm-hmm. And and I and I think that's something you, you know that um, I hope our our leaders are are paying strict attention to and and. Um, um, and because we all want trade, but we, you know, we do, we do want, we want it to be on equal and fair terms, mm-hmm. where you, where you know the game, right? Yeah, and therefore you can play by the rules, knowing they are too, right? Yeah. Uh, so the expectations for this year, according to uh, your thinking at Morgan Stanley, is it's it's uh, it's going to be a good year. Do you want to break that uh, down any in terms of what data you have or? Uh, other thoughts that you have regarding that particular uh, statement? Yeah, so Morgan Stanley Economics uh, feels like their forecast, I should say, is is, is for continued um, fairly wide, uh, broad economic growth here this year and next. Uh-huh. And, and so, as I pointed out earlier, looking at the at the um, earnings, you know, here we're we're halfway through the year already, mm-hmm. and 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 we're in the middle of earnings season right now. So. Right. We don't have all the second quarter earnings out yet. They're they're just kind of picking up. But if we look at the consensus views this year and next, uh, the 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 earnings uh, growth looks to be fairly fairly respectable. And and so again, as I indicated earlier, our view is that if you have earnings growth, you're probably going to see progress in the markets, mm-hmm. barring any kind of a geopolitical or shock to the system, yeah. you, you know, which which could happen. But but economically speaking, that's that's our view. You know, here in the United States so far this year, uh, growth, growth stocks have really led the way. And I, I you know, we distinguish between growth and value mm-hmm. in, in our world and, and growth stocks have, have really led. Define those two terms. These would be mainly to, uh, growth. Growth stocks are companies that are growing rapidly, uh, probably gr- growing their, their sales, um, and new products, new markets. Uh, value stocks are old, older, more established brands. Um, probably not growing real rapidly, slower growth. But probably throwing off a lot of cash these businesses, and so uh, they and they do tend to go in cycles. So what we're seeing this year so far is growth stocks really leading the way, and that's and that's true among large companies, middle middle sized companies, and small companies. Um, we're seeing growth stocks uh, leading the way, mainly technology and in healthcare. Tom, uh, you, you know, contrast that with where are we seeing the weakest performance? 
um, uh, energy and telecom or two, and, and we talked about what's going on. The energy prices are off again a little bit this year, so no surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and telecom companies are, 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 the, are the weaker performers, and those are the, the more the dividend-oriented value kinds of names, yeah. so no, probably not a surprise that they're among the weaker performers. Um, you, you know, we, we, um, we've seen pretty decent uh, uh, pay, payroll data, and unemployment rate is, is, is stuck at a pretty low rate. Uh, so, so around 4.4, I believe the last number was, and jobless numbers uh, have been, uh, uh, I should sorry, new new payroll numbers, new jobs have been pretty good. So, what's interesting right now to, to, to me with respect to, to the economy and the market is the Fed is is you know has a dual mandate, uh, um, full employment, which they think we have, mm-hmm. and stable prices, and the prices uh, they like to see inflation the target of around two percent. And they're, they're, they, they haven't been very successful at generating that kind of inflation. So the price levels are still a little soft for them. And yet here they are in a, stuck in a situation where they're trying to get some interest rate increases back. And they've indicated at the end of the year that this $4 trillion balance sheet that they've amassed since 08, they'd like to unwind that. They'd like to get that back down around two, two and a half trillion. So they're going to have to let a lot of these bonds that they bought start to roll off and mature. And so um, it's interesting how they will proceed from here with the fact that unemployment markets, they think, are a little tight, yet inflation hasn't hit their target. Were, what surprises have you seen, let's say, in the past year? Have there been any surprises? Oh. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. What would be the... Uh... Yeah, what would be a surprise? You know, I, honestly, I, 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 I think um, we had two big surprises last year. I mean, uh-huh. right? I mean, uh, which will refresh my memory. Well, <laughs> it's it's well, gone. Well, Brexit. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Right? I, I mean, so yeah, and they're just right. now, they're now they're just they're mm-hmm. just in the. Um, um, in the in the throes of of working through how they're going to yeah. uh, uh, untangle themselves, right. and, and and if you remember the hype leading up to that, mm. it, it was if this happens, look out below. Yeah, uh-huh. and and of course it did happen, and 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 um, and, and and nothing really came of it. Uh, you, uh-huh. you know, we had we had a few rough days in the markets following. I believe yeah. it was three. Yeah. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, and, and then the markets kind of turned around, gathered themselves up, and and and, mm-hmm. and off we went. Um, and so, you know, that turned out to not be you know much of an event. And and, I, and I, again, and then of course, you know, the election. And for some, it wasn't a surprise. For yeah. others, it was a surprise. Yeah. And 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 um, and I and I think again, there were a lot of people warning that that, that if Mr. Trump became president, it would mean a lot of trouble for the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so those were surprises. But again, it just goes to point out. How resilient markets are. They, they, they are forward looking. They, they, they discount information very quickly, uh, build it in their expectations and off we go. So other than that, I think you know, post those two events, have we really had any surprises? That, uh-huh. that, that, not really. And, and as you point out, the predictions are, are, they're not universal, but they're strong predictions that, man, if this happens, Chicken little, you know, uh, the sky's falling. And, but like you point out, uh, the resiliency is such. Uh, there may be a few days, um, and but uh, it, it seems to get back to normal with the resiliency of the market. Well, and you know what? It just goes to point uh, to prove, I should say, 
that, that you've got to stay balanced and diversified, and you need and you really need to look out uh, three, five years longer or longer with your investment rights if you're investing in stocks and bonds, mm-hmm. because events like these come along. They do happen. They, they will happen. And and when they happen, if you have a properly balanced and diversified portfolio, parts of your portfolio are going are to benefit. Others, are, while others may be shocked, um, and, and, and in the long run, you, you know you, you tend to smooth out the bumps. The peaks and the valleys are a little bit smoother. And and um, so if you haven't sat down with somebody to look at your portfolio, uh, I encourage people to do that. The market's near record highs. It's a perfect time to go and sit down and make sure you're properly positioned mm-hmm. um, to take to 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 weather the storm, so to speak, if we have one, and we will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but also to take advantage of of the possible upside uh, if if you know if, if if we're correct and the economy continues to move move along and markets move higher. So again, can't stress enough. Uh, you, you know the, the need for balance and diversification in, in your investment portfolio. One last question for you uh, about. Basically, it seems like if you're working for somebody, your chances are, whether you know it or not, you're in the markets. I mean, in some way, whether it's through a 401k, you're an investor, uh, uh, maybe a passive investor, uh, but nevertheless, you're you're an investor. Um, uh, what is your advice to the passive guy who goes to work? Uh, has a certain amount taken out of his paycheck, you know, every day, um, sure. and and uh, he should he should he do anything? Just let it happen, or is there anything that he should do as a, a middle class? Uh, I'm in the market, I think. Well, well I, I think clearly you have to understand what you're investing in, mm-hmm. and and um, and if you don't seek help. Um, and 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 then if you do uh, again, like I said, you, you, it's okay to be risky or more conservative as long as you know your your own person, your own nature, right? Mm-hmm. And and adjust your investment policy accordingly. But but as you point out, pretty much everybody's connected to the markets one way or another. Yeah. Um, you know whether it affects your well being at work or whether you're invested directly. Um, but but the market, uh, you know, is a barometer of the health of the country and of the economy in many respects. So, you so yes, we are all kind of connected to it. But but if if you're not comfortable with your own investment knowledge, seek help. Uh, and that's good advice. Thank you very much. My pleasure. I appreciate it a lot. My guest is Todd Hauer, a wealth advisor with Morgan Stanley. I'm Tom Muller. This has been Colorado Issues.